CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, Ontario. It is 5 p.m. and this is the Kingston Curator. I'm your host Chris and this week we have our second interview with the artists and residents at the Kingston Grand this summer. The Kingston Grand celebrated seven local artists who brought their creative talent to the local arts residency at the Kingston Grand Theatre earlier this month. The program was first launched in 2021 in response to the pandemic and its impact on the performing arts. The local arts residency has become an annual program delivered by the city's Arts and Culture Services Department. It provides space and support to Kingston artists to explore ideas, create, and nurture new directions in their work. This year, 32 applications were submitted through an open call for proposals. The artists and residents were selected by a jury consisting of professional artists presented by the city's grand onstage program and included Franco Bonnie, Miss Emily, and Crazy Smooth. To start off this series, I spoke with musician Lydia Wilton last week, and we talked about her performance at the Grand, as well as her work with Nameless Friends. And this week, I was able to sit down with Zara Badua and Melissa Noventa. These two dancers took the stage at the Grand from July 4th to 8th, and I'll let them tell you all about what they do and their experiences as artists and residents. Without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Melissa and Zara. Did you guys want to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Zara Badura. Um, I am from Ghana in West Africa. Grew up in Montreal, Quebec, but currently reside, not but, but currently reside in uh, Toronto, Ontario. I am a dance artist and a dance educator. And I am Melissa Noventa. Um, I grew up in Guelph, Ontario. My background is Italian and I, you know, grew up doing ballet top jazz, that kind of stuff. Um, did my undergrad at York University, where I started accumulating, you know, some contemporary dance backgrounds and other training styles um, from, you know, salsa, Latin American, West African genres. Um, did my master's there as well. Now I'm at Queen's doing my PhD, also in cultural studies, looking at uh, Cuba-Canada relations to music and dance. So I, like, the um, sort of multi multi-hyphenated <laughs> dancer, performer, teacher. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. So both of you are dancers. What kind of dance do you both do, and how did you both get your start? Sure. So I do um, traditional West African dance, uh, primarily from Ghana, Guinea, and Sierra Leone. And I do uh, Afrobeats, which is more of a modern street dance, uh, street style from West Africa, um, dance halls, soca, and Afro-Caribbean folklore. Um, how I got involved, because the first one that I did was traditional, how I got involved is I um, I lost a bet with my mom. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to do hip-hop uh, with a great passion when I was younger, and my mom said, okay, well, if you do traditional for a year, I'll let you do hip-hop. Um, the reason why I say I lost the bet is because up until now, 20-something years later, I have still not done hip-hop, so she won. Um, <laughs> and uh, part of the reason why I kind of stayed in that genre um, of Afro- African and Caribbean um, dance forms was because it's not just movement that they teach you, but they also teach you about 
uh, culture and heritage and customs and things like that. So for somebody who, because I'm from Ghana, but I was actually born in Libya. So I don't really have any connections itself to this to the um, country that I was born. So through that, I've learned a lot about my African heritage. So I just kind of live there for a moment, and that's, that's what I do. Yeah, and I um, also have, you know, a dance life that started very young. My mother put my sister and I in ballet when we were, like, four years old because she wanted us to not be afraid to do, like, public speaking in school and stuff like that. <laughs> and it was just something that I never left. So, you know, I grew up in as much of, like, most Canadian suburban dance studio life does in ballet tap jazz kind of world. Uh, and then when I moved to Toronto, as I mentioned, um, the, the program at York is mostly, like, contemporary-based, uh, like modern Martha Graham kind of stuff, Jose Limon, uh, but also got exposed to a lot of what was termed at the time world dance. So uh, at York, they offered like Sultan-related forms and uh, African and West uh, Sub-Saharan African and West African dance styles. But I also got involved in community a lot in Toronto, mm-hmm. uh, dancing some hip hop in Scarborough and West African with Ijo Voodoo, uh, Samba with um, dance migration and various Latin American dance forms and. During my, the end of my undergrad into my master's, I, I really got into researching Caribbean culture as a mirror for Canadian multiculturalism, you know, just sort of another way to critique our own multiculturalism here, and really fell in love with Cuba. And so my master's degree and now my PhD work really focuses on Afro-Cuban folklore, um, but I have also have training in um, other regions of the Caribbean, but mostly focused on Afro-Cuban folklore and the, the way that practice manifests in the past and the present, um, and right now looking at how that has contributed to Cuba-Canada cultural diplomacy. Awesome. How did you guys end up coming together to collab for this? I was fangirling Z. <laughs> 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 I'm a fangirling Z. I mean, we, so we, our friendship is actually quite young um, because we only met like a year or two before I moved to Kingston for school. Um, so, you know, as I think she can speak to this herself, her journey from Montreal to to Toronto. Um, but, you know, I was observing the work she was doing and how hard she works and how many hats she wears and how much she involves herself in the community, the dance community in Toronto. Not just, like, in the commercial scene, but, like, to really educate people about where dances come from and why people dance, mm-hmm. you know, certain dances. And I, I find that really important in my work, too. But I find that sometimes in a space like Toronto that can be really commercially geared, that kind of work gets overlooked. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, having the opportunity to be in Kingston and, and apply for the residency and also the Ground Up Dance Festival had offered me a slot um, in the festival. is like, you know, this would be a really great opportunity to show Zee how much I respect her work and invite her in to collab. So I don't know, Zee, if you want to add in, you know, a bit about your journey there. Um, so, yeah, like, like Melissa said, uh, uh, and people, when we say this, I think people just don't believe us, but, um, I met, like, I mean, we all lived in Toronto, so you hear about people, right? So I had heard about this person, um, called Melissa Noventa, but I had actually never met her. And then, um, a common friend of ours was, was, had organized a um, workshop and she was collaborating with another person who I also knew. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the collab because, you know, I 
to finally meet this person. <laughs> um, and, um, and you know, there's, there's a saying that says that, you know, when, when, when spirits are aligned, it doesn't matter how long you know the person, you know that you guys are meant to connect. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the first time I met her, I was like, I just love this person. Um, and then followed by, I am moving to Kingston. I was like, I just met you. <laughs> um, so, so, um, so yeah, so we got to talking and I got to, you know, uh, really, uh, dig more into the work that she does. And I was like, I am the CEO of her fan club. So, um, <laughs> So when she came and she's like, oh, there's this opportunity um, to have the residency at the Grand Theater and also for the Ground Up Festival, I was like, my bag was already packed. I'm leaving. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so it was a great opportunity to officially, you know, work together um, in that capacity um, because we're although we do different things, they're still very similar. Um, and uh, cultural awareness and cultural education is important to both of us. So I thought this was just like icing on the cake. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> but, um, so this certainly isn't the first time you're working together then for the residency. No, it is yes, the first time. actually, it was. Yeah. Oh, well, really? So that's how you came together? Yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> what inspired you guys actually... to apply? Did you just see the posting and it was on a whim? or? Yeah, I mean, I was getting ready to head to Cuba for some research, and um, Kay Kenny, who were, uh, runs out of the Kingston School of Dance and the Tet Center, had offered already the spot in the Ground Up Festival. So... I had heard about the residency and looked into, like, the parameters of, you know, what it was and how you apply and kind of, like, sat on the fence and hummed and hawed about it a little bit because uh, PhD life had sort of had me step away a little bit from dance. And, you know, I was feeling like, oh, do I do this? Do I not do this? I really miss dance. Mm -hmm. Can I do this? Will they accept me? You know, that. So I just, I messaged Zia, like, this is my idea. Are you down? (laughs) And when she said yes, we literally, like, turned out, like, this application so fast <laughs> but, uh, but it was so we like stayed up for two days straight just like messaging each other through whatsapp trying to turn out this application and get all the material together um but i think like she said because we were like-minded in the direction of where we wanted to take it um it was really actually easy to do i think i don't know Dara, do you think <laughs> am, I, am i making it too sound too too romantic <laughs> No, I think I think the application. I mean, the lack of sleep was not cute, but the application. The application was was a big year, so much longer. So it, yeah. In hindsight, now I can say it was very easy. <laughs> yeah, in the moment we were like, "Why are you talking so fast?" <laughs> Just trying to pump out the application. I think. Uh, yeah, we found out when I was in Cuba actually that we got it, and I had really remote internet access at that time. So. It was also like an adventure to get it up and running because it's the first time both of us have also had a residency and it's the mm-hmm. first time we worked together. So it was really like a really exciting experience. <laughs> yeah, so many firsts. Love that. And of course, in true artist fashion, everything has to be last minute. It's super rushed, sure. but I'm sure <laughs> it came out amazing. So. <laughs> but, um, That's where the magic happens. Exactly. But just in general, um, do you guys tend to dance in big teams or solo or duets? What do you kind of do? Uh, Mel, you can go first. Uh, I think it depends on what the gig is. I mean, mm-hmm. I have had experience in both, and I think Zara will probably say similar similar response. Um, I think it depends on what the what the gig is that you're being asked to do or that you have the opportunity to do. It, that also often includes how big the budget is. That's something mm-hmm. people don't like to talk about, but that also is a very real factor. Fortunately, a lot of dancers will will perform 
out of the love of their heart, but we're really trying to, um, Zara and I also, that was a big part of our residency too. We wanted to make sure that we could pay people, you know, for their time and talent. Yeah. It's a, a very big issue in the, in the dance community where people do not often get paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it really depends on the nature of the, of the work that's being mounted. Um, Zara, do you want to add to that? Um, I guess I would say digital to that. It really, it really depends on the work um, and what you're being asked to do. Um, I think I think as an artist, we, we wear multiple hats. So sometimes you do have to do stuff by yourself, and sometimes you add other um, collaborators with you, just depending um, on everything that Melissa just mentioned. Uh, but yeah, the budget uh, is usually at the top of the list. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sounds good. At least you guys had some experience with teamwork and stuff before going in, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Did you guys want to talk about the process of putting your show together, the inspiration, combining your skills, maybe some challenges along the way? Sure. Sorry, why do you start? Uh, well, I think in the beginning, um, uh, Melissa had alluded to it before, is Melissa's in Cuba, I'm in Toronto. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and, you know and when you're in another country, you also have to deal not only with time zone, obviously, but do you have internet access, whatever it is that's happening, right, um, which is life. So I think in the beginning it was a little hard because there was that distance. Um, mm-hmm. And then even when she came back, there's still a distance because I'm, I don't reside in Kingston. So that was kind of the first hurdle. Um, and then afterwards, I feel like we were just playing jigsaw puzzle, right, and kind of putting things together. Um, but it didn't feel, I mean, Melissa will say, I'm not going to speak for Melissa, she'll be like, it's wrong, but I'll say how I feel. Um, it didn't feel like work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because we're like-minded, because we had an idea, like, we both had ideas of what we wanted to do and then realized that it was the same thing, but we were just speaking different English. Um, so it just kind of felt um, that things were just coming together easily. Um, I think the, the, for me anyway, the primary stress was what we, what we have body. Um, because when we sent out the call to, to have artists come and work with us, I'm connected a lot to the Toronto uh, industry, obviously, because I live here. Um, and then uh, Melissa has been in PhD land for a long time. So we didn't know if Kingston residents would actually want to work with us. So I think that was kind of like the biggest stress. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like working, I think things kind of fell into place where they needed to fall into place. So I just felt like we were getting, we were giving money and space to just play for a week, you know? Mm-hmm. What about you, Miss Melissa? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a very good summary of of the arc of. <laughs> um, I definitely like. I definitely felt anxiety a little bit being in Cuba without limited access because that's when we put the call out for dancers, mm-hmm. and so not only am I like new to Kingston, I've only been here for three years. Two of those were on COVID, so it's not like I have been able to be super active in the community here. But I was also in a place where I had very limited access to internet to be able to try and find ways to push it. So, um, and a big aspect of our residency too was to offer community class to the Kingston community. So I think, you know, that was a shared fear between Zara and I about, you know, are people going to show up? <laughs> Do people even know this is going to happen? <laughs> you know, and thankfully we had a really, really strong response and, and um, we hope to do more of that in the future. And in terms of the process, I, I say, I second what Zara has already mentioned, and I'll just add that, you know, even though our genres tend to be from ge- geographically and culturally different spaces, there's so much overlap in the history, you know, like so much of 
the Afro-Cuban culture that has landed in Cuba comes from regions of Africa and Nigeria and, and, and areas that Z is familiar with and vice versa, right? Or so much, like the last class we did, for example, for the Ground Up Festival, we focused on carnival and we sort of took the community through carnival in Cuba and carnival in uh, Trinidad, Tobago, Jamaica, right? So we were able to make some cross-cultural connections um, that are not, you know, often talked about in the dance in the dance world anyway. Yeah, totally. I don't like to ask the general question of how was your experience, but this is a bit of a tough question. Do you have a particularly memorable moment or favorite moment throughout the experience on or off stage throughout your residency? Uh, it can be as broad or specific as you like. I was like, how much time you got? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I'll give you, I'm trying to think of like two memorable moments. Um, the first one was, so a part of our residency, what was really important to us was the, um, the open level community class. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the reason why that was important was that there's not, um, from my understanding, um, not a very big presence in terms of like available classes in community or um, in community, uh, in Afro or Caribbean movement. Right mm-hmm. here in Toronto, I can pick, choose, and refuse. In Kingston, you, um, they don't have that much of an opportunity. So we wanted to provide free open level classes, and mm-hmm. people really enjoyed it. I think the the one that kind of stuck out for me is we had also invited people to bring their children, right? Mm-hmm. And there was this <laughs> there was this eleven year old and a nine year old, uh, sorry nine and seven. But the nine year old turns to the seven year old and said, "Are you having fun?" The seven-year-old goes, this is the best day of my life. I was like, oh, oh my God. That's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was really, that was a really, really sweet moment. Um, mm-hmm. And then the second moment is just, uh, so we had a piece um, in our, I mean, all the pieces in, in what we did was great, but there was a piece where we used skirts as props, and I just love props. But just the visual of um, the skirts, because we were kind of using it as like um, one girl was blessing another, mm-hmm. like the skirts and stuff. And just the visual of the the red skirts, which was a kind of they had a um, it was like a silk material. But the visual of the skirts, and we had performed at Lake Ontario, and the sunset was coming at the same time. So the beauty of the water with the sunset and the skirts, it was just like, it's one of those things where I can't even describe it. Like, even if you see it in the picture, you had to be there mm-hmm. to see how beautiful that moment was. Yeah, and working with beautiful. Melissa. That's not the task, because <laughs> Melissa's just great, okay? She's just awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> I digress. Yeah, over to you, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously getting to work with each other, I think it's been sort of like a long-term thing for us without having actually like spoken it into existence so to, to have gotten to do it was definitely blessed for sure and to get to do it in a way where we got to feel professional where we got to get up in the morning and that was the routine every day it was like that felt blessed for sure for a week just to play in a studio space with women who were like-minded and and on the same track like it was a huge gift and and again because I haven't been able to tap into that part of myself it felt like such a privilege right um, but I would have to echo Zara, like the community class was a huge part of our proposal. It was mm-hmm. a huge part of our proposal going into this. 
And, you know, I have been here a little longer than Zara, obviously, for even though I've been in school land on, on campus, there are groups like the AXA uh, group and Yellow House, the African mm -hmm. Association, right, who, who I have been able to collaborate with, who I have heard, you know, would like to see more activity in the, in the city around, you know, diverse music and dance. So it was such a, uh, I don't know, a joy to see that the community classes received well across ages and ethnicities. Mm -hmm. And it was really like a, a space where I think everybody just felt a nice vibe and, and got to start their day in a space of joy. And I think that's something we were really we were really striving to achieve. And also just as a demonstration that that, that need is here. You know that there is a there is a community here that would like to see more of that, and and that together we can make that happen, right? So I think the community class I would have to echo that was like magical in so many <laughs> so many ways. <laughs> totally, um, yeah. Those both fantastic yeah. answers to a very hard question. So good job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you mentioned the connection you guys have. You guys just vibe really well. Do you guys see yourselves working together in the near future, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I mean she can get rid of me, so. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I mean, Zara will be performing at the, at the at a festival at the end of August in Toronto. Maybe you can speak to that, um, Zara. And we had originally, like, thought about putting this piece there, but unfortunately, due to some school um, responsibilities, they won't be able to participate. But, you know, we're already trying to see about the world tour that, that Zara has envisioned for this case. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I was just going to ask, I was interested about what both you guys have coming up individually. Go mm. Z. Sure. Um, well, before that, just to kind of answer your, your, your question, I think um, for us, when we, when we finished the residency, we realized how much um, there was, like, I mean, we kind of knew, but like, it's one thing having an idea and it's one thing seeing it. So I think for us, knowing that there is that, that need and that hunger for Afro-Caribbean movement is just for us to kind of like go back in the kitchen and see how we can do it. Um, so I, I think, you know, once, once adulting kind of calms down a little bit for us to get back together to see what, you know, what little seeds we can start planting um, mm -hmm. in Kingston and stuff like that. Uh, for me, what am I doing? Um, yes, yeah, so there is the Yensa Festival. Um, Artistic Director Louis Cheyenne here in Toronto is doing a festival that celebrates Black women in dance. Um, mm -hmm. So it's just been happening since June. So it started with workshops, with movement workshops. Um, then there's going to be symposiums. And then finally it ends with a big presentation with um, – several uh, black women in dance here in Toronto. So I am presenting a traditional piece there. Um, other than that, um, so I work with Dance Immersion, which is a black-led arts organization, and we promote, produce uh, black dancers and black artists from all over the African diaspora. So we have a jazz symposium that's happening um, in June. Uh, so basically, it's a three-part symposium. So one, we have three days where we take people through the, the history of vernacular jazz. Um, there's also workshops. And at the end, there is a concert that happens. Um, and lastly, <laughs> we have the International Association of Black and Dance Conference and Festivals. So this happens in January, where people from all over the world who practice African-Caribbean um, dances, I should say, come over for lectures, workshops, um, educational symposiums, basically everything in art for four days, 
um, here in Toronto that's happening uh, from January 24th to the 27th. The end. <laughs> <laughs> for now. That's just for the near future. We've got other big things brewing. other big things brewing. Unfortunately, I can't say that my future is so creatively exciting um, because I have um, – you know, a different kind of excitement in my horizon. I'm entering my fourth year of PhD Landia, and it's, you know, technically my writing year. So I will be mostly focused on trying to get my thesis <laughs> done. I will be teaching um, at the summer intensive at Kingston School of Dance um, at the top of August, at least from the 8th, the week of the 8th. I will be doing some Afro-contemporary there with the students who have registered at uh, the summer intensive, and I think there's probably still space to enroll if anyone's interested. So I think, you know, in between writing, probably my creative life will look mostly like pop-up classes here and there when I can, you know, balance things out in that way or maybe a festival here and there while I can balance things out this way. But right now I'm kind of on a, on a, de- on a deadline. <laughs> <laughs> I have to basically write a book this year. So. <laughs> um, my work is more going to be a little bit academic inclined. Um, but it does, you know, my research does focus on, you know, the impact of Afro-Cuban aesthetic culture here. I will mm-hmm. be producing a podcast in the next couple of months around the Afro-Cuban music and dance festival that happened in Banff in 94 and 96. Um, and that will be released at a conference here in Kingston in, in October. And I will be traveling to New Orleans also in the fall to present at the Ethnomusicology Conference, where I'll also be presenting a paper about Cuban music and dance and its, its impact on Canadian culture. So, um, you know, it's just a, not necessarily a performance vibe for the moment, <laughs> but hopefully on the other side of the finish line. <laughs> I mean, I know you said you're focused on school, but you sound booked and busy. So I mean, between the <laughs> two of you, summer is packed. <laughs> I love how she's like, I'm not doing much, but I'm going here for a conference and I'm speaking here. So I guess I mean it's not necessarily like performance based, right? So it's, you know, still dance related, but not like on stage, right? <laughs> but um, where can people, do you guys have social media that people can keep up with you on? I feel like you can try to keep up with me, but she wears many hats. Melissa <laughs> <laughs> uh, gives me too much credit. Um, <laughs> my. <laughs> My uh, social media is uh, Zara, so my name, Z-A-H-R-A, underscore moves, so M-O-V-E-S, um, so that's my Instagram handle. Um, uh, website is the same thing, Zara Moves at uh, ZaraMoves.com. Yes, that's what it is. And, uh, yeah, those are my socials. And I don't currently have a website, but on Facebook, you can just find me by my first and last name, Melissa Noventa. And... On Instagram, my handle is ayaguna underscore 81. So that's A-Y-A-G-U-N-A underscore 81. Um, yep. And that's, and that's, you know, I have some stuff up on YouTube, but, but that's all I got right now. Melissa Noventa and Zara Padua on their time as artists and residents at the Kingston Grand Theatre. Be sure to keep tuning in to the Kingston Curator to hear from all the 2022 artists and residents next week with Jim LeClaire. 
Also a quick note before I sign off, here at CFRC we are celebrating our 100th anniversary with a concert this Friday, July 29th. We have a great lineup of local musicians with Hinterwood, Melancholy Caravan, Frank Ryan, and the Codas performing. This will be at the mansion and doors will open at 8pm and music starts at 9. You can get your tickets in advance on Eventbrite for $12 or for $15 cash at the door. Keep listening to CFRC 101.9 FM to keep up with all your local arts news. Thank you.